it was quite the journey, right? It didn't happen overnight. So where I was when I guess like my first flirting with plant-based and vegetarian type of food happened, I was rock bottom. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Green Hero Podcast. This is Ricard, founder of Green Hero, your go-to source for making plant-based eating easy and enjoyable. Each week, we'll be digging into the inspiring journeys of people who live a plant-based lifestyle to tease out the most effective and fun ways to add more plants to your life. Today's guest is Yanis Kavounis, a Greek-born marketer, health coach, and activist. Yanis has spent his career between New York and London, advising some of the world's biggest corporations. His highest-paced career eventually led to struggles with stress, depression, IBS, and unhealthy eating. To turn his life around, he spent several years researching plant-based eating and mindfulness, slowly implementing his findings into his own life. The journey was transformational and completely changed Yanis' life for the better. This eventually led him to use his experience to help others as a health coach. He now supports leaders at work and in life to realize long-lasting lifestyle changes. Additionally, Yanis is an avid wellness blogger, and I really like his content. You should check it out on his blog. And he is also on the board for the nonprofit Protect Animals Greece. Yanis, welcome and thank you for joining us. Really happy to have you on the show. Thanks, Ricard. My pleasure. Great to be here. This is great that we finally get to talk. So there's a lot that I wanted to discuss with you, but maybe we could start with your personal transformation, like where you were in your life and how you kind of found plant-based eating. Yes, absolutely. So as you said, it was quite the journey, right? It didn't happen overnight. So where I was when I guess like my first flirting with plant-based and vegetarian type of food happened, I was rock bottom, as you said in the introduction, in terms of my state of health, mental wellness, physical wellness, stress, everything else that you said in the introduction. And the first thing that I guess like started with me was this idea that if I wanted to make an impact and change things, I would have to make some drastic changes, start small and then build from it. And, and it was, it was that realization that actually nutrition and what I put in my body, it was something that I had to focus on and the first thing to change. I see. I see. And what were like some of the resources that you used to kind of make this change? Was this like a big research project that you kind of have to like figure out what to do? Or was there like a brand or organization, anything that you kind of connected with or? Yeah, no, I, and again, I have to, I guess, like share with everyone and, and with you that obviously the journey has been long. So we're talking about quite a few years back now when all that happened probably to early 2000s type of thing, right? So for me, at least it was almost going back to basics. Um, you mentioned I'm a great man. So my initial source of inspiration was to go back to mama way of, of, 
eating and uh, almost <laughs> dusting out all those like great things that Greek mama used to tell me in terms of what's good to eat and what's not. And the first thing that I remember that I did was to bring down, not completely eliminate, but bring down especially like cured meat and a lot of like processed type of meat and then bump up my plant-based, my vegetarian consumption. So I didn't go cold turkey into eliminating everything from my fridge because that's what I knew and what that's what was passed on from my culture, right? Less meat, more vegetables as, as a first step. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really good idea. And and basically what, what I've heard from other people as well, that it's not really just going cold turkey and just doing it in, in one go and eliminating everything. It is actually a process. And maybe that's like a question that's interesting as well. If it is a process, how do we not feel bad about that? That it is actually a process and not just something, I'll change it now and I will feel good and I feel good about myself because I did this change, but to accept like this will take some time to to go through. It is a very interesting point, a very good question, especially in the context of today's world where everything is about instant gratification, right? Everything that you read, all the diets, lose weight, do this in, in three days, in, in three weeks, whatever that might be. So it's very difficult. And I think we need to recognize that people are bombarded with that message. So my view on how you can actually achieve that is to put small and realistic goals. Yes, it's good that you have that bigger vision eventually of the ideal lifestyle that you want to lead. But in order for you and for me, uh, looking at my journey to be able to manage it, was accept the fact that making one step towards that was a good step, was a good way to move forward. So once you make that first step, you celebrate it. You make the second step, you celebrate it as well. So that idea of small goals that lead to the bigger perspective, but then also reminding yourself to celebrate and accept and almost like that pat on the shoulder every time you achieve that steps is actually a good way to think about lifestyle change. At least it worked for me, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it sounds like a good idea. What, I'm, what I get curious to hear more about is, did this like build on, did you just make small changes and it was the small changes that guided you forward or did you have a goal from the beginning, like, I want to go here, and now I'm going to make these small changes to get there? I did have a, a bigger a bigger perspective, a bigger idea, if you like. I wasn't focused so much about the benefits. So I think for me, whenever we focus on, on the benefit, i.e. I want to lose weight, or I want to be 100% plant-based, the chances of failing and the stress that that actually creates, it is actually, I've noticed that it creates quite a lot of like obstacles to help you achieve that. And you may achieve it and then you kind of like fall back to the previous behavior. If on the other hand, you focus on the system, you focus on the bigger, almost identity-driven type of objective that you want to achieve. And within that, 
you say, I can have three vegetables this week. You almost highlight the roadmap to that, but it's part of that bigger lifestyle type of decision. I found it for me and for others now that I work with a much better way to think about. So the key point, don't think so much about the immediate benefit. Think about the system that you want to apply in your everyday life in the background and success will come much, much easier. Yeah, no, that sounds like a very smart way of looking at it. And I assume as well, like going through this process, there must have been some setbacks as well that it's you go through, I want to make this change, but maybe some weeks you can't get to where you want to go and you feel like you might not be progressing as much as you would like to. How did you approach things like that? Absolutely. Talking about like falling, it's not not trying to fall down, right? But it's how you pick yourself up from when you fall down, as the, the good old adage says. So it, it, there is a process and almost like a moment of realization of self-awareness that I think goes hand in hand with any type of behavioral, lifestyle-driven type of change that you make failure, if you like, part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you just have to be very honest with yourself from the very beginning that, and again, it goes back to that point that if your bigger objective is that holistic system that you want to apply and not the the obsession of losing weight of being plant-based that mm. allows you to part of the journey is to go one step backwards and then one step sideways and may, maybe then one step forward right so for me especially it almost became like a a game and every time i would fall back i would say to myself okay so how can you do better next time what are you going to change that you're going to do better next time? So it happened. Acknowledge it, become aware of it, become aware of it next you feel, but then don't dwell on it, right? It's just almost say, so what's the next step now? How can I do better next week? How can I change something next week to improve? And guess what? Next week, you might not even do it again. Again, that's okay, right? Yeah. It's part of the journey. Yeah, I hear you. So you mentioned awareness a lot. So I think there's two ways of looking at awareness, right? Like awareness that you first want to make a change, that I'm aware that I need to make a change. And then you kind of become aware of where you want to go. And But then it's also the awareness in this journey that you're aware of the progress that you're making, if it goes back and sideways and then forward, however it, it goes. So is there anything more that that we could think about like awareness in a journey like this? Fundamental. You're absolutely right. It's that idea of mindfulness and being aware, not only the fact that you want to make change, and maybe that's the subtle build that I can provide here, not only aware and mindful of the need to make a change, as you said, but then also, why do I want that? What's my motivation behind it? I've got a lot of people that come to me these days and say, again, oh, I want to become vegetarian, right? Or I want to lose weight. And then you ask him, so why do you want to do that? It's like, oh, because I want to look good for my, you know, 50th anniversary or whatever that might be. Gosh, I'm giving away age now as well. well. (laughs) But then you ask the questions, you ask the questions and you unpeel the onion, that beautiful 
human emotion type of bonion and you find out actually there's some deeper motivation than that so my advice when it comes to awareness yes understanding the need but being very clear on the big motivation behind it and usually it tends to be quite a big intrinsic motivation that is linked to identity that is linked to the type of person that you want to be and the beauty is like when you know that it becomes so much more powerful. It becomes a really almost a catapult of a motivation because it's really deep down to your identity and who you want to be as a human being. I see, I see. It's really interesting. So you feel like it's much more on an emotional level as well that we kind of connect with these things that that we want to do because I think as well around a process and trying to get to a goal, like if we fail getting to where we want to go, either if we say set two difficult goals or just that failure happens, right? Like, how do you think like approaching failure is, is a good way to approach it so we don't get discouraged to continue? It's all about emotion. You're absolutely right. And again, awareness and, and mindfulness has to do a lot about going deep into that emotional world, right? I think who was it? It was BJ Fogg, the uh, behavioral scientist at Stanford University that said, repetition doesn't create habit, emotion does. Mm. That's a very powerful type of statement. And, and I applied it on, on my journey, on my life, and I also started helping people understand. So I think that in order to be able to deal with the journey and accept the ups and downs, the failures to your question, I think being very clear and accepting of the, I guess, like the emotion that are being created when you achieve or not achieve, because mm -hmm. both sides to that becomes absolutely critical. So the ability, uh, again, goes back to mindfulness, right? Emotion is uh, emotional intelligence. It's all about recognizing your inner world and understanding how you're feeling, but then then also separating yourself from that feeling as well, right? So when I don't achieve that, and I know that that failure is not part of my ego, right? Separate myself, that's what mindfulness is, and be able to accept it and then observe it and then learn from it, then this is where interesting behavioral change happens. So it's going through that almost that quick inner process every time there is an action, positive or negative, every, every time there is a success or a failure, almost step back and at that moment say, okay, I lit up the cigarette, I failed, that's fine. How does it make me feel? Mm. What does it mean for me? And separate that that ego. It's like, well, you're a big failure. You didn't manage to not light the cigarette, as opposed to stepping back and say, okay, you've done it. So now what? Yeah. You're only part of this journey. You're only human. And then learn from it and then apply something different next time. Yeah, that sounds really interesting way to look at it as well like more being aware what is going on why is this happening right and when we're on this journey and it's going a little bit back and forth how do you kind of 
keep track of what you're doing, that you know that you're progressing towards like the goal that you have set out for yourself, or even if it's not like a super clear goal, but just to see where you are. Did you do anything like that for yourself that you were like, oh, I kind of take notes or you created like some friend that was kind of helping you out with this or how did, how did that work? I'm a great believer that what is tracked is being done. I, I apply mm-hmm. that to my everyday life. I apply that to my personal life, professional life, as well as obviously with my health and wellness coaching type of thing. The way you track something, it can have many different ways. It can have many different tools and it really depends on the individual and the motivational character of the person, right? Mm-hmm. For me personally, I'm the kind of person that I like to track a lot of details and I like to see progress on a daily basis and I'd like to have reminders. Now, back in the days when I started the journey, that wasn't the option. Apps were were not readily available. So I remember I had the good old spreadsheet, right? A very simple type of thing. And that's all right. That I would say almost like a diary keeping, right? Mm -hmm. In its simplest form. And in today's world, you can have all those apps, right? And, you know, again, you can go crazy with so much tracking. And I am a little bit mindful. Sometimes I can even get very stressed with that. But in essence, I use Green Hero, for example, to track my mm-hmm. plant-based. And, and funny enough, I now know exactly my plant-based percentage, if that's a thing, right? Thanks to uh, Green Hero, I am at 68 70%. Because I do, I still, I'm a vegetarian, right? I still have my odd eggs and, and cheese. Yeah. So that I think using tools like this becomes very, very useful. Others, I have to say, others do not uh, work very well. I have many clients that don't like apps. They don't like almost this intensity of having somebody scrutinize you. Some apps do that. Not green here, I have to say. Mm. Of, oh, you didn't do your thing. And here's another popping up, another notification. And there are some other people that find accountability in others. And that that's mm. okay. What do I mean by that? Right. So I want to make sure that I will go to the gym three times a week. I will do exercise. And there are some clients that look for others to have the accountability and they, they get a buddy right? Like a a workout buddy. And they do feel almost embarrassed to let them down. So they go to the gym as they have planned because there is this other person who will hold them accountable. Hey, I was waiting for you and you weren't there. That's how a coach works as well. I mean, I found a lot of people why they come to me It's not because they don't know what to do or they don't have a plan in their mind, but because they want that little bit of accountability coming from an expert and giving them that guidance and perspective. So it Mm -hmm. does vary. And there are many different tools of tracking, but I think having that ability to go back and look at your progress for me is fundamental to any behavioral change. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So what have been, as you've worked, you know, you have kind of changed your own behavior, so to say, but like your lifestyle, like many years ago now, and now you're working with other people. What are things that you see that people respond the most positive to that you see like, these are the things that I do when I work with my clients, when they 
want to feel better, that really makes a difference. A couple of things come to mind. Some of them already I have said, but let me go back and capture two or three key points. So the first one, I think that people respond very, very well is this change of mindset that I said. Focus on the outcome and you may achieve it once. Focus on the system behind it and you are set for life. I mean, that's my motto, right, in many ways. So I see people that respond really well because it takes away from the pressure of achieving the losing weight, of achieving the the goal of becoming 100% plant-based as opposed to focusing on the system. Let me have an everyday healthy regime, lead a more sustainable and healthy lifestyle. And that becomes a much greater motivator. The other thing within that that I've seen people responding very well is that thing that I mentioned of step-by-step and celebration along the way. Again, Mm. remember, I talked a lot about emotion, right? At the end of the day, people will do an action will stick to a behavior if it makes them feel good, right? So celebrating and creating a very symbolic sign of of celebration when something happens, I found that that people love that and respond very well. By the way, the celebration doesn't have to be an indulgent celebration, right? So if you're trying to lose lose weight and you stuck to a specific way of living and then you you achieve your goal X, Y, Z, and then you say, hey, let's go and have an ice cream. Well, (laughs) that's part of my way of thinking about reward and success celebration that is relevant to the goal that we're trying to achieve. Or how about if you indulge yourself with a very nice, cookbook that you wouldn't spend the money before it, but now that you achieve your your goal, you have the permission to get a cookbook that it's going to allow you to create some inventing recipes if actually cooking is your thing. So that type of perspective, very, very successful with people to change behavior. That I really like. The rewarding ourselves, I, I believe as well, is really, really important. So to kind of sum up what you're saying as well, is just like, let's not think too much about like the bigger goal because it's easy to fail. Focus more on the process and also accept that the process will take time and it will go a little bit back and forth and to the side and up and down. And little by little, keep track of what we're doing and reward ourselves when we are doing something good. Exactly. I think that's very great advice. And I'm seeing we're coming to time already. Is there anybody who impresses you at the moment in the plant-based space, maybe like an organization or brand or person that you think people who are on this journey should check out? Yes, absolutely. It goes back to the point that uh, of my own personal journey and, and my heritage of Greek food, that plant-based and vegetables was always part of the, the story, but without making a big deal out of it, right? So the person to this day that I still always go back because I, I appreciate the way he talks about it, the way he uses the recipe is Otolenyi, Yotam Otolenyi, who's like a, mm. a celebrated chef here in my hometown, London, has a lot of cookbooks and TV series and a blog and Instagram restaurants that I can go and I have a little trick. I go to the restaurant and eat and then I try to decipher the, the recipe so I can look at myself. But the reason why I find him 
really inspiring is because his ethos towards he doesn't even talk about that you know, he's not even 100% plant based right mm. he makes plant based food really sexy right and I think for me this is probably one if I had all the money in the world to change how plant based food is being talked about and how it shows up in all social media would place more emphasis to shift the mindset of today's society from plant-based being that boring, dull, ooh, vegetables, I don't want to eat more vegetables, to integrate a much more positive, much more inviting, welcoming, tasty type of language and, and culture. And that's what Ottolenghi does really well. Sexy cauliflower, delicious broccoli with all the sauces and the olive oil. It's just absolutely amazing and inviting. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoy Ottolenghi as well. And I think really like what, what you're saying about making it sexy and interesting, the food is basically what he does, right? It feels like it's great Mediterranean food. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm eating plant-based food or vegetarian food. I'm just eating really, it's exotic. It feels like it's part of the culture and mm. can connect with it in a different way than just saying like, I'm eating this because there's actually a reason for eating that. Here is just like, this is something I want to be a part of. I feel I'm being a part of something just by eating this food as well. Exactly, exactly. Almost changing the mindset. Plant-based food is not about depriving yourself from something. It's completely the opposite. It's opening up to a whole new world, a cornucopia, oh, God, quite a big word, but a cornucopia <laughs> of nutrition and flavors and taste and so much depth. It's unbelievable. I, I get very excited with it. It's, it's crazy how excited I get, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, that sounds good. So now you know people, go and check out Ottolenghi and his cookbooks. And so, Yanis, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you after the show? As we said, I'd like to believe that I'm a better writer, that I'm a speech person, like I'm a talker, but we'll let people judge that. So they can find me on macro.wellness.com. I have the blog there. Again, macro wellness is my philosophy of making lifelong changes for a better mental health, for wellness and overall well-being. And plant-based is a big part of it. Macro-wellness.com. And because of my audience and the people that I'm trying to reach to and help change lifestyle being professionals, I do post a lot on LinkedIn and you can find me there under my name, Yanis Kavunis. All right. That sounds great. Well, Yanis, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This was really interesting to hear your perspectives and looking forward to staying in touch and reading on your blog. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. That was our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Green Hero Podcast was produced by Amber Rojek and I'm your host, Ricard Bjorktal. I'll see you next week for another conversation from our colorful plant-based world. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with a friend. If you haven't already, you can also find Green Hero in the App Store. Download our app and start enjoying a plant-based lifestyle today. You can also find us on the web at the URL greenhero.life and on Twitter and Instagram where we operate under the handle Green Hero Life. All right, see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>